Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. Hello! Steve, we got a... We got a spicy one today. I like this chapter a lot. Let's just let's just let's just get that out there. I like this one a lot. So I don't even have much for. An I issue. want to get out there that I'm a spicy one today. Ooh, yeah, you look spicy on my computer screen. You're all granulated. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you're all like granulated, and like my my uh, my internet connection's not very good. So I guess it's kind of like sand, kind of like spice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See I like where I like where you I like where your mind's at. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it, man. Let's, Gushing uh, with spice. Let's uh, let's read that chapter introduction. <clears throat> Today's chapter is chapter twenty-four. Oh, do you have a name? Nope. <laughs> Some with Dune, Dad. Between two dunes. Have I done that one? No, that's between sounds pretty, two dunes. That sounds pretty good. I'm down with that. My father once told me that respect for the truth comes close to being the basis for all morality. Something cannot emerge from nothing, he said. This is profound thinking if you understand how unstable the truth can be. From conversations with Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't even know what to take from this one. My father once told well, me to respect which comes from close basis of all morality. Something cannot emerge from nothing. Yeah, I don't even know what to take from that. Sometimes like some of these some of these chapter introductions are just like just words put together. Like, well, this not is sentences. saying that morality this is saying that morality is based on the truth. That father telling that the truth is what morality is based on. Mm. But then saying, if you understand how unstable the truth can be, meaning that the truth, I suppose, is subjective or can change. So therefore define morality interesting okay all right i'm picking up what you're like if down. you're on dune and you're really thirsty and there's like you're like i need a drink the only way i can get a drink is i gotta kill this guy and drink his water out of him mm. because that's the truth that you know so morality is based on that because it's survival and you have to survive but if you but if really there was a secret underground pond or well and there was a water source on dune and you knew and about you didn't it know about that would change the truth, therefore shifting your morality. But that would, yeah. But like, wouldn't the knowing the truth change? Like, it, it's your relationship with the truth. If you know what the truth is, then you can only base your morality on what that truth on the truth that you have. And there's multiple types of truth. Truth is, like you said, exactly. subjective. So that's why. So that's why the end of that saying, uh, how unstable it is. If you or if you. If you know, if you, sorry, if you know how unstable the truth is, Mm. this can be profound thinking if you understand how unstable the truth can be. Wow. At first I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't couldn't get that. That's today's episode. (laughs) Well, okay. There's a couple of ways to take that, take 
that chapter introduction and apply it to everything that we're reading this chapter. So this chapter, uh, we, we catch up with uh, Thufir Hawat, who seems to be okay for the time being until the end of the I, chapter. <laughs> side, side note. I got a side note. Who, who's playing Thufir Hawat in the movie? Oh, man. I don't, movie. I don't remember his name, but if you give me a hot minute. Is I, he big wig? He you big cheese. You will recognize him. Big as, wolf on campus. You will recognize him as soon as you see him. But he's not like he's not like incredibly known. Stephen McKinley Henderson. You don't recognize that name. But if I show you a face, Who the fuck is that? I'm gonna send you a picture right now, and you're gonna be like, oh, that guy. And he's a good actor from shit that I've seen him in. He's been around for fucking ever. I don't know who the fuck that is. That bitch is terrible. What's he doing? Riding a subway? Well, yeah, it looks like photoshopped into that subway. <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay. Uh, how about this one? How the hell did I end up on a picture of Jonah Hill? That's not right. I guess Jonah Hill's playing the beer Howard. <laughs> oh, wow. No, no, I'm that sounds good. Uh, okay, I'm looking at it now too. I think he was in... He's pretty far down the cast. Yeah, he's not a big character. Yeah, that's his IMDb picture, eh? Yeah. That subway. That's weird. Yeah, he's not He's not like a a big name. Like, he's he's not super popular by any stretch of the imagination. Um, which makes me think that uh, they're going to... I don't I th- think I've seen him much. So I was thinking about this. I've been thinking Lady about the, the Dune movie quite a bit, and... Um, I think they're going to kill Thufir off like relatively quick in the movie and then replace some of the shit that we see happen to Thufir happen to uh, like Gurney or something like that. You know what I mean? Like just replace it with another character. True. But then again, especially with the casting of those other characters. Yeah. Especially with the casting of those other characters. That being said, like, it could like I could be entirely wrong. There there is a bunch that there are two different paths that Thufir and Gurney go down in this book, and it'll be kind of hard to kind of amalgamate them in a way. But if there's anybody in the world that I can that I can see doing this, it's got to be Denis Villeneuve, man. Like I think that guy's got to together to figure that shit out. What else has that guy made? Uh, Denis Villeneuve. He made Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is awesome. Oh yeah. That was good. Uh, there was sand in that. Arrival. There's a lot of sand in that. Yeah, there was a lot of sand in that. That's why when I when I heard the when I heard the news that Denis Villeneuve was gonna do it, I was like that. Just that scene where uh, Ryan Gosling's in Vegas, and I was like, that looks like Arrakis. Yeah. You know. But anyways. And there's that giant billboard of that naked lady. Dancing around, that's weird. All all Art Deco. It's a mixture between jo- Dave uh, Batista, Joel Schumacher, and <laughs> and uh, Ridley Scott. That's kind of like the Dean Villain. I think we need a little more Schumacher in there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we need way some more bat Schumacher. nipples. Absolutely. Where are the bat nips on Kay. the still suits? They're good. They're going to be added in post. <laughs> Denise Villeneuve's listening to this, and he's like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. <clears throat> bat nips, bat nips. But uh, sorry for this divergence. That's, uh, yeah, so, get, so this it. chapter uh, is awesome, specifically because I want to talk about the Fremen. And, uh, Let's talk about the Fremen. The Fremen, 
so this chapter reveals that like the Fremen are a force to be reckoned with. So Thufir is hiding out with a bunch of his a uh, uh, bunch of his troops that the, that he was with when he were I think he was going to Carthag or I can't remember the other it was like a small village outside Carthag when the attack happened and they got fucking decimated. They got like ruined. Uh, so like he originally had like 300 troops and they're now down to 20 and a few of them are so badly injured that like they're not going to make it. And uh, they run into this Fremen guy who is uh, trying to help, but there's this, um, there's like almost a language barrier between them. Like it's not quite like a language barrier. Like not a literal, it's not a literal language no, barrier. Cause they sp- both speak the same language, but it's the Fremen speak in like certain phrases like instead of saying something literally it's all like referring to the person's water or something like that yeah it's all backwards sand talk it's all backwards sand talk um and i love the rel- Some, something i want to say sorry about the fremen it's like i don't know why i can't explain this mm-hmm. and i understand how the fremen don't look like this but i can't help but just always picturing them as like a bunch of kermit the frogs <laughs> Like a bunch of tribal Kermit the Frogs running through the sand with like spears and bows. I don't know. Something about the word Fremen and Kermit, I guess. Uh, that is Kermit. I don't know. Where did that come from? I mean, okay. I've been meaning. This, I've been, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It's just telling you it's what I've been thinking of. And I can't help but not think of it. Oh. There's an army of them, ten thousand frogs. Now this just changes this. Was whole... there anything about frogs? Is there a reason why I think of frogs? I don't know. Fremen and frog both start with F R. I think we're on to something. Yeah, uh, the slick uh, still suits, like that's kind of like an oily, you know, like second outer layer layer sort of thing. I don't know. Like maybe they can they jump far? I don't think that's I mean, really that's... specifically said. But that's um, <laughs> that just. Changed. I wouldn't put bass in. That's just amazing. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Hawa is talking to this Fremen. And, yeah, like you said, there's this weird backwards sand talk. Everything is being – everything is – the thing that really is interesting to me is, like, there's a point in this chapter where uh, I feel like Thufir is, like, trying to, like, do you, does anybody know anything about Paul? And uh, uh, the Fremen guy is, like, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. I don't know. His fate is the same as everybody's fate. But he is with Liet Kynes, I think. But I don't know. Like, we, we're we not sure. And then through, and then later on, he's like, well, is there a way to get to Paul? And he's like, no, there's no way to get to Paul. And then he, like, like, something is said where he's like, oh, you want to find Paul's water? And Thufir's like, yeah, I would like to get to the place of his water. And he's like, why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does that mean his butt <laughs> i don't know just like it's say, saying that he knows where he can get his saying that the fremen knows how to get to paul's water is is how they're able to understand that they're looking for paul you know like oh you oh there's always a way to water i can show you i can get there why didn't you say that earlier i just thought that was hilarious you know when there's like this whole conversation yeah it's just, just like, like it, it should be implied yeah, there's this whole conversation of like through fear trying to figure, try to figure out where Paul where Paul is, what happened to the Duke, all that sort of thing. And the Fremen's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but as soon as you bring up their their water, not the person, but their water, the Fremen's like, 
I know what you're talking about. They're that ah, way. Because I guess they don't see people as people. They see them as water because of the truth of their morality. Yeah. Yeah. And that also leans into um, this other scene with uh, they had one of the wounded, uh, one of the wounded uh, troopers that how it has uh, passes away. Poor, poor Arky. That's his name. Yeah, he gets throwing knifed in like the back of the neck. No, that's uh, at really? the en- uh, that's the end of the chapter. That is this a different is, guy. This is a different guy. Like this is a uh, too many frogs getting killed in this for me. <laughs> this is just a uh, Atreides trooper that was like injured during the battle, and he just passed away. And then this is the point where oh yeah yeah, yeah that's uh, the Fremen decides to help the uh, Thufir Howitt and his group by joining joining their water, quote unquote, joining their water. And Thufir's like, I don't know what that means, what that but mean? okay. What they're doing is uh, what happened was that you saw all those like Fremen just like jump down the wall frog style and then grab our 10,000 frogs and then just like jumped away and like disappeared. So they you pictured just like a bunch of curve of the frogs, <laughs> like full body, like with his little legs and his uh, <laughs> and it's and they got spears in their arms. Uh, you've you've read. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like ferocious killers, like they're like yeah. next next level. Like it. I'm not gonna be able to get it out of my brain. I I won't be able to either. This is too good. So yeah, so they take Arky and they take him away. And what they're gonna do is they're basically gonna get, like melt him down to his water. And I think they're gonna join the tribes or join the two groups by sharing that water. And that's like a whole part of this beginning chapter. Beginning part of the chapter is like. The Fremen is like, you've got wounded here, and you don't have any water. You don't have still suits. What what are you gonna do about your water situation? And accord, like, it's implied in this chapter that according to a tradition, those who are wounded, they need to basically sacrifice themselves for the greater good for the cause of the the rest of the tribe, and that means like giving their water back. So it's kind of gross. Dang. But. But. This is desert, it's man. It's based on the truth of their morality. Based on the truth of their morality. And it's the fucking desert. Like, you need water. And that's that's a lot of this chapter is just, like, through fear coming to grips that, like, you're no longer on Kaladin. You're no longer on Castle Arakeen where you can just get water wherever you want. You're in open sand. And you need to make sacrifices where open you need. Open sand. So, like... Wh- uh, I got a question. Yeah. What do worms need water? That's a really good question, and I don't know. I And to that, <coughs> if you kill a worm, how much water can you get out of it? Mm. I think the water you get from the worm... Uh, you know what? I think I think I have to hold off on that information. <coughs> I think Spoilers for Worm City. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's a couple things that might happen according to that. And... But to that point that you were asking, uh, do this is why worms... I belong in the sand. This is because I got the mind of a fucking worm hunter. Yeah, and a thirsty boy. You're becoming Kermit the Frog. I'll find a drink. <laughs> I got one right here. <laughs> um, there is. Uh, but to that point, like, do worms drink water? I think there was mentioned in a conversation between uh, Jessica and Yui. Uh, in a previous chapter where they find water sources, like little pockets of water 
but eventually that water is all drained away and worm when a worm shows up. So possibly they're drinking the water, but they're definitely the re- drinking the water. But like the relationship is not necessarily clear. They could be drinking the water, but they also could be, you know, pocketing it, putting it into I got so many questions worm about pockets. worms. Like worms what do worms eat aside from I guess people? But are worms do they live off of a diet of people? Are they eating them for be just because they're aggressive, I, th- I think, uh, and they just want to kill, like, or are they eating them because they want a little snack. They're here's or they the, eat spice. There, here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about those questions, is that they're yes. answered <laughs> it later on, and I don't want to spoil it, but at the same time, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm, I got I'm a pretty sure this is, this is answered, but you've got the wor- You're on the right path. Hey, you're thinking the right, right way. Uh, but I think you're gonna have. I'm to sorry, I just I feel like I have a prescience of with my of spice now. No, you're and just interested in and I'm thinking about everything. You just you just want all to do with worms. All right, um, where was I? Through your howit, the fremen taking the water. Yeah, they're joining the two groups with water, but also. What's also revealed, the Fremen, like we said already before, they are a force to be reckoned with. And the Fremen tells this, like, they capture, like, art- artillery weapon. They capture an artillery gun with, like, basically with zero casualties. I think they had two on their side, two casualties on their side, and over 100 casualties on the enemy's side. So that includes Harkonnen troops and Sardaugar troops. And they were able to, like, get away with it. Like, oh, yeah, we just and took... two like, Fremen? Yeah, and two Fremen died. So the fact that... And even the, yeah. the Fremen guy talking to Thufir Howitt, he's like, yeah, it was a it was a tough fight. Some of those Sardaukar, or He was just like, some of those men are, like, good fighters. But, uh, you know, we still killed them all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're better. Yeah, we're way, way better. And there's that... The, the best scene in this chapter is when they're looking out over the desert and they see like a group of Fremen just kind of walking about and uh, an ornithopter comes in uh, with some uh, Sardaukar troops and basically lands with some Sardaukar troops and the Fremen are like, oh, just watch this. Like, uh, Or the Fremen guy is like, watch this. This, this <laughs> is going like, oh, to be great. This, this is going to be great. You got any snacks? <laughs> this is going to be snacks? So the, the Sardaukar jump off the ornithopter and start like closing in on the the small group of Fremen, and just about as they're closing in, a whole bunch of other Fremen jump out of the sand, ready to go. <laughs> oh man! And they annihilate. Hiding them. in the sand. Yeah, hiding in the sand. So maybe that's how they use their sand spiders. snorks. Oh yeah, yeah they, they had snorks. They definitely had. Some they had snorks. snorks for sure down there. <laughs> And then that one Fremen got into an ornithopter. <clears throat> That's the other thing is like, how many Fremen do you think have flown ornithopters before, but they know how to like pilot? Because that one Fremen was able do to Do they get have ornithopters? Them. Have they captured some? I mean, I would assume so. If they captured artillery, then I'm sh- I'm sure they've captured other other things out in the desert. Like how many- I also wouldn't put it past the Fremen to like sneak onto... An orthocop, an orthocopter, and like learn how to use it, and then like just leave, and not even fly it away. Well, like just even like, sneak um, in and learn it, or even like uh, you know, kinds. 
or something like that. Cause he's, he's close with the Fremen, you know, like, and yeah. he knows, he knows how to fly. those <clears> things. So how, how many times do you think he's brought like an ornithopter over and he's like, all right, boys, we're going to learn how to work this. I think work this bad boy. I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times, um, what was I talking about? The Fremen that takes the Ornithopter. And this is like, a, this leads into like a whole battle scene where like they see a troop transport coming in that's like going to have a whole bunch of Sardaukar on it. And the guy in the in the Ornithopter, the Fremen, takes the Ornithopter and just crashes it into the troop transport, annihilates it. Like, it, total, and, he, and he dies? And he dies. Suicide? Suicide, kamikaze style. Oof. And like the Fremen is just like, ah, that's a, that's a, that's a good win right there. You know, it's a it's a worthy it's a worthy death. I can't remember the exact words he said. Something he's like, like that was one frog, and you know there was like twenty guys in that over there. So, yeah. Do you guys have any idea how many frogs we do have math. here? We do have math. frogs. Boy, do we have frogs. In the sand over there. In the sand over there. In the sand over there. <laughs> They're everywhere, man. Um, the thing that I find really interesting now. Now I'm just talking about the the Dune movie. Uh. In the trailer, it looks like the Har- the Harkonnen troops that are the Harkonnen garb uh, and the Sardaukar, they're supposed to be blue. And we've seen that we it was talked about a lot in this chapter that they're the Sardaukar are all colored in blue. Um, but in the mm. trailer, they're all white. <clears throat> I wonder if that's a um, like a color thing, like a visual. Yeah, maybe they were like doing or some like tests. a stylized thing. Because that movie is very dark tones. Very dark tones. Aside from sand. Very dark tones. But, like, also highly saturated, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's dark tones, but lots of yellows and oranges. Um, sand colors. You know what? Now that now that you're saying dark, I'm, I'm, I'm almost has, – I, I feel like I want to disagree with you because the more I think about that trailer, it's so bright when you're looking at the open sand and, like, how white it is. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean, though. It's in in it's like it's a lot of dark colors and then contrasted with the sand and the skies mm. and a lot of shots. But right. I mean, you don't see things like like all, most of the people are wearing very dark, um, very dark either like armor or like ragged clothing and that sort of thing. It's all a lot of it's brown and covered in sand. Right. Okay. And I you're see not you seeing mean. blue. You're not seeing yeah. blue shirts running around. You're not seeing like, you're not seeing any like, uh, like, uh, fancy colors. Like, but I guess blue. you said they're white, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But well, okay, like, what if you, what if we instead of like taking it, take away from a stylistic approach and make it more of a practical approach? Like, what, what if they were doing test screening? They had it in blue, and it was like, this looks like shit. You know what I mean, mean, that's probably what it was. Yeah. And it was like, fuck it, we're just going to make them white. And the, when you look at the Harkonnens in that trailer, they all have like a pasty white skin. Like you look at Dave Bautista's character, it's all incredibly pale. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's like um, just uh, just, a style, just the style of the Harkonnen because the Harkonnens are just going to be uh, very pale looking and very – because I think that what they're going to show on their planet the Gidi, uh, on Gidi, of Gidi Prime – is that there's not a lot of like sunlight. It's gonna be a very. Uh, is like, that the case? I don't know. I I I don't think you're just assuming that because they're all like really pale and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't think we ever see Gidi Prime 
<clears throat> proper like you, you here's the thing about the whole dune series is that you don't really see a lot of like the commoner like point of view of you haven't even read all the dune books you don't know that's true i still have two more to read but if, even then like you don't see a lot of it how many how many have you read i've read how four. many are there there's six i thought there was like eight there's like eight yeah so if you've read four you have more than two left I have two more of the Frank Herbert written books, and then there's the Brian Herbert books that were released after. And those are like, I'm not exactly, like, I don't know if I want to go into them or not. I should. Yeah. But like the the end of the book, the end of the Frank Herbert series stops at six because he passes away after. And then Frank, Brian Herbert took over with Kevin J. Anderson. And the results are a mixed bag from what I heard. There's some people who like it. There's nobody that I hear loves it. Like this is like this is the perfect ending. I think I've heard some people love it. It's pretty out there from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is definitely out there. I looked at a cover of the, we're gonna do it so of the ready. last one, so I was like, ooh, it gets out there. But like, it, dude, by book three, it gets even the next book, it gets fucking out there, man. It's it is a, is an out wait. there series. All right, um, what else is there to talk about the Fremen? They they captured the gun. They uh, killed a whole bunch of Sardaukar, killed a whole bunch of Harkonnen. They captured uh, a couple Sardaukar and Harkonnen. I think they captured three. Um, So the strength of the Fremen can't be discounted. And if you put this towards, like, you know, a certain force, like if Paul is able to wrangle them and lead them, that's a... That's a pretty force to be power. reckoned with. It's a force to be reckoned with, man. Um, what else is there to cover here? I think I covered everything that I wanted to look at. I think that's uh, about it. And then it was it was at the end of this when the Fremen got knifed, wasn't it? Yeah, the Fremen guy got knifed, and uh, Howat is stunned, and I think he's captured by the Sardaukar. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Might not. It might turn out. It might turn out really bad for Howat. <laughs> I mean, from some of the things that you've insinuated about him today, it sounds like, yeah, it's going to turn out pretty bad. It's a rough go. But I guess we'll find out soon enough. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for today, I guess. Well, thank you, of course, everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with chapter, what are we at, 25? 25! We'll be back tomorrow with chapter 25 of... Dude!